that time again. It's a new episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. This week, I will be discussing the suicide bridge in Scotland where dogs seem to be jumping to their death out of fear of something evil, demonic, or some strange spiritual entity. I've got experts weighing in on it. I have people who live in the area who have witnessed this happening weighing in on it. And the end opinion, of course, will be your own because it's all open to interpretation. It's a fun story to share. Also, some other anecdotes pertaining to animals in the spirit world. I'm Neil Parks, and that is this week's episode of Paranormally Speaking. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be right back. This story came out of nowhere. This was actually shared with me first. I mean, hard to believe I've never heard of this until now. But my son, my 16-year-old brilliant son, was the one who shared this with me. Dog suicide bridge. Why do so many pets keep leaping into a Scottish gorge? Dumbarton, Scotland. I was sure she was dead, Lottie McKinnon said quietly. Miss McKinnon was sitting huddled in the corner of a cafe with her two children, sipping hot chocolate, as she described the day three years ago when she was walking with her border collie, Bonnie, over the Overtown Bridge in Dumbarton, Scotland. Something overcame Bonnie as soon as we approached the bridge, Miss McKinnon said. At first she froze, but then she became possessed by a strange energy and ran and jumped right off the parparet. A bewitched dog lured to leap off a bridge by a malevolent force? It sounds like a preposterous scene straight out of an old Twilight Zone episode or something from M. Night Shyamalan. But Miss McKinnon's dog is one of hundreds that Scots insist have suddenly been compelled to throw themselves off the Gothic stone structure since the 1950s. Many have ended up dead on the jagged rocks of the deep valley bed below. Residents of Dumberton, which is northwest of Glasgow, began calling Overton a century-old bridge that stretches across a 50-foot gorge, the Dog Suicide Bridge. Miss McKinnon, who grew up in the neighboring village of Milton, winced at the memory of scurrying down the gorge through the trees and the bushes in a desperate hunt for Bonnie. But when she approached the dog's body, Bonnie started to whimper and eventually tried to stand up. It was a miracle that she survived, she said. In a land rife with superstitions, myths, and monsters, the bridge has been at the center of an enduring mystery. Why do so many dogs jump? Local researchers estimate that more than 300 have sailed off the bridge. Tabloid reports say it's 600, and at least 50 dogs are said to have died. Some say there are rational explanations involving the terrain and the scents of mammals in the gorge that may drive the dogs into a frenzy. Other explanations take on a more paranormal tone. The bridge's location, hustled lush and something sometimes still fits the description of what the pagan Celts called a thin place, a mesmerizing spot where heaven and earth overlap. People in Dumberton are very superstitious, said Alistair Dutton. A local taxi driver. We grew up playing the Overton grounds and we believe in ghosts. 
here, this area mainly because we've all seen or felt spirits up here. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. It's also been said that the leaps have caused a frenzy and inspired an episode of the American TV series, The Unexplained Files. An entire book is dedicated to exploring this phenomenon. But despite all this attention, the mystery lives on unsolved. From a distance, it seems as if the ornate Victorian bridge built in 1895 is a mere extension of the driveway of an adjoining 19th century manor built in Dubberton by a wealthy industrialist named James White. Closer still, one can make out the bridge's three archways spanning a small river. The Overton burn standing in the middle of the bridge's black and granite parparets. It is easy to forget the space beneath the falls away in the deep gorge. In the manor nearby, the current tenant, Bob Hill, said he and his wife had seen several dogs suddenly dive off the bridge once they moved into the property, now called Overton House, more than 17 years ago. But Mr. Hill, a pastor from Texas who runs a local center for women in crisis, had an earthbound explanation. The smells of small animals scurrying around the gorge below the bridge drives the dogs into a frenzy. Then they break free of the leash, or they're on any at that point. Once they're free, they jump. They don't realize, being dogs, you know, that there's a gorge below. The dogs catch the scent of mink, pine martens, or some other mammal, and then they just will jump up on the wall of the bridge, Mr. Hill said, and because it's tapered, they will just topple over. Still, he allowed the Overton grounds that there's maybe more spiritual than other parts. Scotland is kind of a place where there is a lot of supernatural and, uh, and it's very common in people's lives, he added. Paul Owens, a teacher of religion and philosophy in the Glasgow area, grew up in a town close to the bridge and recently published a book about the mystery. When it comes to an explanation for the leaping dogs, he is firmly in the superstition camp. After 11 years of research, I am convinced it's a ghost that is behind all of this, he declared, while sitting outside a pub on a drizzly day in Glasgow. Mr. Owen's theory is popular among some local residents who grew up hearing stories about the White Lady of Overton, the grieving widow of John White, James' son. The lady lived alone in grief for more than 30 years after her husband died in 1908, said Marion Murray, a Dumbarton uh, resident. Her ghost has been lurking around here ever since. She's been sighted in the windows and walking around the grounds. In 2010, the animal behavioralist David Sands investigated the phenomenon and ruled out the possibility that the animals were deliberately killing themselves. His experiments at the bridge found that dogs, especially long-nosed breeds, were drawn to the scent of mammals below. Dr. Sands theorized that the dogs' limited perceptive and their ignorance that the path changes from the level ground to a bridge spanning a deep gorge and the smells wafting through the air probably incited and enticed the dogs to jump. But even he acknowledged that the bridge had a strange feeling. Some residents found the theory plausible, but many here 
still take the position that the leaps are inexplicable. They question why the phenomenon does not occur at the same rate at other bridges in Britain where mammals roam below. Other bridges don't have troubled spirits lurking about, Miss McKinnon insisted grimly. Despite the macabre reputation, the Overton grounds remain a popular dog walking area and many of the animals are off leash. Many people don't believe in the story until they see it for themselves and even then they don't make or think it will happen to them, said Mr. Hill, the pastor. One day, Emma Dunlop, who said she had heard the horror stories, took her Labrador retriever, Ginger, for a walk to the Overtown anyway. She did not let him off of her station wagon until he was on a leash. He's never tried to jump, she said, but sometimes he freezes or hesitates when he gets on the bridge, so I'm always very careful. Ginger jumped from the car, raced around his owner, and headed straight toward Overton Bridge, crossing it without any hesitation. But then Ginger froze, looking back intently at something on the bridge, which appeared empty to human eyes. Aye, there he is. There she is. There's the white lady, Miss Dunlop said with a laugh, suggesting Ginger had seen the bridge's ghost. Then the pair continued on their walk. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. To tell you, animals committing suicide is truly tragic. Suicide as a whole is just a devastating thing to happen, to occur. And the mystery of the dog suicide bridge and Overtown Bridge in Scotland is kind of like the Bermuda Triangle of Bridges, specifically for dogs with a death wish. I've walked the bridge, says Jenna, 20, from Glasgow. The first time I reached a point, and it was at as if the air had gotten thinner and my stomach jumped, a bit like when you miss a step going down a flight of stairs. The second time, I just couldn't stop feeling like something bad was about to happen. There was a woman with a dog at the end of the bridge, and the dog would not take a step forward. Later, I found out that a couple of dogs had jumped to their death from the bridge that weekend. The bridge in question, as I mentioned earlier, Overtown Bridge, spans the Overtown Burn in the village of Milton near Dumberton in the West Dumbertonshire, Scotland. Designed by the acclaimed landscape architect H.E. Milner with stone parparets, 18-inch thick, it was completed in 1895 and sits on the approach road to Overton House a Scots baronial country house, an estate built 33 years prior. The house itself sits on a hill overlooking the River Clyde. If you've ever been there, you might know that from its use in the 2012's baffling sci-fi epic 
Cloud Atlas. The house is said to be haunted. Obviously, in Scotland, everything old and Scottish is said to be haunted. But the bridge? There's supposedly much more to it than just a garden variety haunting. Now, this setting was used in the sci-fi epic Cloud Atlas. They tried doing some shoots on this bridge for the film, but kept having technical difficulty, batteries running out within a matter of minutes, uh, people feeling sick, lightheaded, dizzy. When they would cross the bridge, they felt as if they were being pushed toward the edge, and a couple of crew members had pets, one of which was a dog who jumped to its death during the filming of Cloud Atlas. The structure undoubtedly has a tragic past. In 1994, a 32-year-old man threw his infant son, Egoin, to his death on a clear day between the last two parperets of the bridge, claiming his child was the Antichrist. The man tried to kill himself twice, first by following his son off the bridge, which he stopped from doing by his wife, then slashing his wrists with a knife he had found. The child died in the hospital the following day from the fall. The man was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity and a unanimous verdict and committed to Carstairs Psychiatric Hospital in South Lancashire. Yet whatever is going on in Milton, it's not humans who are at risk as much as dogs, which has brought the area notoriety in weird news circles around the globe since the 1950s. Around 50 dogs have died after leaping off the 50-foot-tall bridge. During the same period, some 600 dogs have made the same jump and survived. Sometimes the dogs have made the jump, survived, come back up, and jumped again as soon as they could. All of the dogs reported to have taken the jump are long-nosed breeds. The, like a Dosshound type, like German Shepherds and Scottish Terriers. The dogs all jump from the same spot between the two ramparts on the right-hand side of the bridge at the very end. And it has always been a clear day, and nobody can explain why. Most common theory, as I mentioned earlier, the smell of mammals luring dogs to their demise. Squirrel, mice, mink, they're known to nest below the bridge. But why Overton Bridge, and why not any of the other bridges around Scotland and throughout the United Kingdom, with mink living beneath them? And why do the dogs always jump from the same place? Are animals even able to deliberately end their lives? Canines psychologist David, Dr. David Sands says dogs cannot, yet there is some historic precedent with the animal kingdom. A story from the Daily Mail reports that in 2009, over a period of three days, 28 cows deliberately walked off a cliff in the Swiss Alps. And that was in the Oscar-winning documentary The Cove, released the same year. Dolphin trainer Richard O'Berry told of how Kathy, the dolphin most used in the 1960s television show Flipper, drowned herself and his company. There's an insect, the sap-sucking uh, pision, the P. aphid, to its mates that will make itself explode when under attack from ladybugs to protect other members of its colony. And there are reports of dogs ending their own lives. An 1845 report of Newfoundland dog and the Illustrated London Times claimed the dog killed itself by throwing itself into the water before preserving perfect stillness of the legs and feet. Each time it did this, 
The dog was saved. Then it just held it, its head underwater until it stopped breathing. Dr. Sands traveled to the bridge with a documentary crew in 2005 in order to conduct his own investigation, something the Scottish Society for the Preservation of Cruelty to Animals have done too. There, standing at the point of the bridge, were the dogs jumping. He says, just me as a person forgot a dog. All of your senses are in fire. It got a strange, I got a strange feeling. Everyone was overcome with that. He's also eliminated other proposed explanations. Sight, he said, wasn't a factor since from a dog's eye view, you couldn't see beyond the wall, just the ivy colored and covered granite. He ruled out um, sound as a possibility, proposed theory that nearby Fosslane Bay, home to the UK's Triton, SSB, and nuclear submarines, was creating a frequency only animals could hear, was shut down after experts and acoustics were brought to the test and the length of the bridge, finding nothing unusual in their tests. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. For centuries, man has always wondered if possibly animals can sense the paranormal. From being able to detect certain illnesses to exhibiting strange behaviors days before an earthquake, animals exhibit extraordinary senses. Some have even described animals as possessing a sixth sense, a gut feeling, when someone is about to die or something just doesn't feel right. While there are, of course, scientific explanations for some of these phenomena, such as super keen hearing and superior eyesight, scientists are still searching for the explanations behind many premonitions animals seem to have. This has led many to believe that animals have the ability to see spirits. Let's examine this question from a Torah perspective. Balaam's donkey. From a biblical perspective, it seems that the answer is pretty straightforward. We learn in the book of Numbers how God was angry at Balaam, set out to curse the people of Israel. So he sent an angel to station itself on the road before Balaam. The verse tells us how Balaam's donkey saw the angel and tried to turn aside, and eventually stopped altogether, only to be repeatedly beaten by Balaam. God performed a miracle and opened the donkey's mouth, allowing her to complain to Balaam about his cruelty. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road. A careful reading of the verses 
shows that in order for the donkey to speak and for Balaam to see the angel, God did a special miracle, opening the donkey's mouth and Balaam's eyes. However, the donkey's seeing the angel is stated as a matter-of-fact way, with no indication that it was anything out of the ordinary. The foremost biblical commentator, Rashi, explains, quoting a madrash, that God permits an animal to perceive more than people. Since people possess intelligence, they would become insane if they were able to see demons on a regular basis. Although, in this case, we're disguising, we're discussing an angel, not a demon. The principle remains the same. Animals are granted the ability to see spiritual elements and entities that are invisible to us. Dogs seeing Elijah and the angel of death. It has been observed that animals can often tell a person is about to pass away. In this regard, there is a fascinating statement in the Talmud. The stages and the sages taught and the dogs are crying for no reason. The angel of death has come to the city. If the dogs are laughing, Elijah the prophet has come to the city. This applies only if there is no female dog among them. For if there is, their behavior may be prompted by her. But not by all. Understand this to mean that the dogs laugh or cry because they are actually aware of the presence of the angel of death or Elijah. What difference does it make? There are indeed Jewish sources for animals having much finer senses and being able to perceive the paranormal and supernatural. This awareness is very humbling, showing us just how much we do not know, but it also helps us internalize that there are really spiritual dimensions beyond what we can perceive. There is truly so much more than meets the eye. Computer. Execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My listeners share scary pet ghost stories. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that I was looking for listeners and people who read my work or uh, maybe have seen my YouTube channel to submit stories or encounters with ghostly pets, phantom animals, or dark animal spirits. One that was sent to me states that... um, There was a cat that kept intensely watching the corners of the ceiling after his companion cat disappeared. Uh, Made this person think of something that their cat, Morris, did frequently. Uh, He would sit on their lap every evening, sort of facing them at times. He would stare intently over their shoulders, and his eyes widened as it became very still. Uh, They felt foolish, but every time... They'd look back and ask, what do you see, Morris? Needless to say, now what the heck are these cats looking at? Yikes. Uh, My dear little hazel cat used to do the same when she lived with me, so I'm figuring it is a common cat trait. We just don't know why they do it. Another listener says that my question about sensing or feeling the spirit of a departed pet 
uh, that they had experienced personally, but their husband had. They had not. Uh, They lost their beloved black cat several years ago, but still remember him fondly as their little Einstein cat because he was so intelligent. About a week after he died, the woman's husband called to her from the other room, and when she got there, she had a strange, he had a strange look on his face, and he said that he had just felt something rubbing around his legs and ankles, just like their cat used to do. When he looked down, there was nothing there. It may just have been wishful thinking, but they like to think that it was a final farewell from their little buddy. Another story that was shared with me from a listener in Dublin, Ohio. I wanted to share my ghost story that I encountered when my dog passed away. One time when my husband was in the bathroom, he swore he heard Oscar bark his very deep, loud bark in the living room, only to find that it was empty. Another time, we both heard his nails clicking on the hardwood floors in the entryway, and of course there was nothing there. When Oscar was alive, he used to come in very early into the master bedroom and sigh very loudly to let me know he was up and hungry. When I heard it again, it really frightened me. So I shouted, Oscar, you're scaring mommy. Please wait for me in heaven. After that, we never heard from him again. From the Bay Area, this was sent to me from Alice. Suddenly, there was a loud pounding on my door of my apartment at 9.10 p.m. And I leaped up from three feet away and flung open the door thinking it was my boyfriend in crisis. He lived about 45 minutes away. My cat, Mandy's hair, stood up all over. Never saw her do that before. And her pupils dilated. There was no one in sight. How did they disappear in two seconds? There was a cold chill, and the night was not that cold. Mandy backed into the corner, growling. Hair was still very erect. There was a sweet smell of flowers. Mandy crouched, growling for nearly five minutes. I felt the presence of my boyfriend's mother and sensed her questioning me as to whether I would be loyal and loving to her son. Getting the answer she wanted, I would eventually, everything including Mandy, went back to normal. The next morning, my boyfriend called me, deeply upset. His mother had died at 9.10 the night before. There was an investigation at a property that I took place in several years ago, um, assisting with another paranormal research group that was familiar with the area. And they wanted to get my take on the situation and my expert opinion. Uh, Apparently, this property was being haunted and um, the people that owned the property were being tortured spiritually by a half man, half dog head creature. It looked like an animal, but it had a human torso, uh, hind legs, but the front arms of this beast were the arms of like a giant dog and it would contort it would twist itself around it would climb up the wall and up and down the stairs backwards with its head twisted around to always stay focused on you and it was the head of a demented looking dog Uh, it was definitely a non-human spirit that took the form of half man half animal And stories like this are common in Native American mythology, Native American religion, uh, stories of shape-shifting animal humanoid creatures, uh, usually attributed to demonic manifestation. 
And this was not a kind spirit. It was not a pure spirit. It was a dark, evil, tainted, angry spirit that took a mutated form. And that was something you could definitely attribute to an animal spirit. And that was a first-person account, first-hand uh, account of something I myself witnessed. Uh, seeing this thing appear in shadows and in flashes upon entry, it, it was unsettling. It was probably one of the most spiritually confined situations I had ever put myself in. It was one that I dare not repeat. Uh, on a lighter note, an encounter that me and my entire family had with uh, spirit animal, the long-lost soul of a, of a pet. Not a long-lost soul. The soul was in dog heaven, but the pet was long-lost. Uh, we still thought of her often. She died several months before Christmas. But when we were looking back at family photos, and this was when you would use instant cameras to take photographs, you know, before digital photography and 6 to 12 megapixel and however many terabytes an image requires. Uh, things were very different 15, 16 years ago, almost 20 years ago, when our beloved pet lady passed away. And pictures that were taken on Christmas morning clearly show a an orb of some sort in the form of a dog on the couch sitting next to my wife's at the time, 90-year-old grandmother. And my mother-in-law was sitting on the floor holding a new gift that my nephew, Stephen, had received. It was a snowsuit. And as she was holding it up above him to show in the image that this is what he had received after he opened the gift, there was a strange light apparition that appeared over both my nephew and mother-in-law that looked almost like the description of what a gown from an angel would look like. So not only did we capture the spirit of our long-lost pet and the dog's very soul, but also possibly an angel watching over. Maybe the angel's what brought Lady to us for that Christmas. Or what appeared above my mother-in-law could just have been an issue with development and too much light coming in. Anywho, that was a fun story I wanted to share with you. And now please hold for a word from our sponsor. Well, that's it for this week of Paranormally Speaking. I'm Neil Parks. I hope you enjoyed this episode and enjoy the upcoming weekend. It's going to be a long weekend. We have Memorial Day on Monday. And be sure to honor and remember those who have gone on before us on Memorial Day those who have fallen to illness or fallen during times of war and just say a little prayer for them. Have a great rest of the week, a terrific weekend and tune in next week for more creepy fun stuff. Thanks as always for tuning in. This is Neil Parks signing off. Stay as beautiful with dark